So I will quickly introduce myself. My name is Becky. Um, I have also been in Gothenburg for about nine years, nine and a half years, um, and moved uh, to Gothenburg to be part of Good Fest. Um, and I work as a teacher. Uh, so I teach seven and eight-year-olds um, who are slightly less daunting than all of you guys here today. Um, and there are normally only 20 of them. So, yep, I might just <laughs> focus um, there. Uh, today I am going to be talking about a story from the Bible. Uh, we're going to be looking at the woman at the well, and it's really great to hear Pooja's story and talking about the hope that she found, and we're going to look at this Samaritan woman today, and we're going to see the hope that she found through this story. So the uh, story that we're reading is from John, um, and the, the book of John uh, talks about Jesus's life. We know that Jesus is a man, but John shows us how Jesus is more than a man, how he does miraculous signs, that he dies, but he, ro he rises again. So we're going to be looking at this story today. Now, I have chosen not to put the verses up. I know, shock horror. Um, so you can either listen to my calm, soothing voice as I read through the story, or you might want to turn in your Bibles or on your phone uh, to John 4, and we're going to be reading from verses 1 to 29, so you get to hear my voice for a little while, yeah, and um, so let's start here. So now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although jo Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples. He left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sika, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father, Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to him, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. 
Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know, that, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I speak to you. I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? Super. So I'm going to be uh, just dissecting the, the uh, passage a bit. Um, and I have conveniently put it into three headings, which I hear is a good number. So uh, the first thing is that we see... And it did come up. Great. We see that the Samaritan woman felt hopeless. So she goes to the well uh, every day. She needs to go to go and get uh, her water. Um, and it was very common uh, for women to go in the early hours of the morning because it was a lot cooler. Now, living in Sweden and having lived in the UK, I didn't really understand this so much because they're not particularly warm places. You can kind of go in the morning or the middle of the day. It tends to be the same temperature. Um, however, last year or the year before, we had a heat wave in the UK for two days and it was 37 degrees, which for some of you are probably like, that's actually just normal temperature. Um, so on those days, I have a very cute dog called Otto, um, and I would set my alarm for six o'clock and we would go out for our morning walk before the heat of the day, where you would find me at 12 o'clock on the sofa watching Netflix with ice on my head and drinking as much iced coffee as I could. Um, here we see this Samaritan woman she is going at the most uncomfortable part of the day, the part of the day where you don't want to be outside. It is so hot. Um, she's making that choice to go then, and there's, there is a reason for that. Uh, she wants to be alone. She doesn't want to be seen around others. She doesn't want to interact with, each, with others. And the reason for that, we see Jesus talks about her having, five, having had five husbands and that she is in a relationship with someone that she is not uh, married with, uh, living with them. And at the time, um, having five marriages would not have been a cultural norm. And so she kind of wants to hide that. She doesn't want to, uh, people to see her and people to know. And she uh, says, yes, Jesus, you are a prophet. She, she says that that is true uh, where, where she is. We see that Jesus approaches her where she was. So he was, as we can see from the text, he was on his way on a journey. Um, and Samaria, the area where she lived, was the usual route going through from Judea to Galilee. 
Um, Samaritans who lived in Samaria were seen as quite different to Jews, uh, both culturally and religiously, and there was hostility towards each other. So it wasn't that uncommon for people to go around Samaria uh, in order to get to Galilee. However, Jesus decides not to do that. He decides not to go around. He decides to go through Samaria. And he does that so he can go and speak to this Samaritan woman. He was breaking any barrier that was there culturally, religiously, speaking to a woman. He was breaking those barriers so he could go and speak to her. And he knew her past. He says he told her about her past. He knew... um, who she was, she, he knew that she was a Samaritan, um, and he, uh, that didn't stop him from approaching her. And he meets her in the well at the middle of the day. And we see here, Jesus is man, he is human. He's also feeling tired. He also feels the heat. You know, he's also thirsty. You know, he's there for him. I was thinking about this. I was like, why did Jesus not go? Like, if he wanted to go meet her, why did he not just go in the morning when it was cool to where she lived? Why did he not do that? Why did he purposefully come to the well to go and, and see her? And I think that was, it's something to, to think about. And um, yeah, I think it was, was a cost for him. He knew that he was going out of, out of his way to meet her. And later on, we see that he offers us living water. He says to her in verses 13 and 14, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And here we see that he draws a contrast between the well water and a spring of water. So a well is like a tube, a hole, a pit, (laughs) uh, where you go and collect water, you'd kind of, you see Jack and Jill, no, they don't go, they go to a well? Oh yeah, they do, yeah, so you see (laughs) in different stories, uh, people go to wells and they go and collect their water from there, unlike us, we're very fortunate to be able to go to taps, Um, but people would go to wells, they would go and get the groundwater to drink, to drink, uh, to fill, uh, to drink, to clean, to cook. Um, But he here is talking about a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Um, And a spring is kind of like groundwater that breaks through the ground. It kind of like bubbles up and it escapes and it comes to the surface. And I think that's a really uh, clear picture of what we see this living water is. It breaks through, it kind of erupts, it bubbles, it moves, it's constant, it's flowing. Um, And, yeah, he's saying that this well water, where she's going to, um, is a temporary uh, quench of of thirst. But the living water is eternal. And that symbolizes eternal life with him. But also that it's living, that God can actually be in us, that he's not some distant... uh, God, he's not someone that we have to go to the temple to worship, but he can actually live in us, be in us, be with us. So the living water, God being in us in spirit, but also eternal life with him. It's living. It's not just for now. It's not for just for today. It's not just for tomorrow, but it's for the rest of our time on earth and after. And I think that's something really important for us 
to see and remember here. And when he talks about the well, I think it's very easy to think, yes, I get thirsty. I just downed a whole cup of water before I came up because I had flapjacks stuck in my throat. Um, it's, I think, you know, there's that we do need to drink. I'm not very good at drinking water. It's often coffee, but water is great. Um, and there is that need to do that. But that's not really what Jesus is talking about here. He's not saying have your eight cups of water a day. He's actually talking about something not physical, but within us. And he could see that this woman at the well, that she was dry, that she was looking for something, that she was trying to fill this dryness, this thirst up with something. And for her, that was looking for it in relationships, in marriage. You know, marriages were ending in death or divorce, but to, to fill that emptiness, to fill that, that thirst that she had, she was going to relationships, she was going to marriage. That's where she was finding her, her identity, her, her fulfillment from. And as I was reading through this, I was like, oh, okay, where do I feel like my well uh, can be in life? Um, I can tell you on the 25th of each month, uh, my bank account number can be uh, where I feel my thirst, my well is coming from. I feel, yep, okay, I'm fine, I'm satisfied. By the 23rd, I can assure you that I do not feel like that because it is remarkably lower than it was, especially after taking driving lessons in Sweden. Um, so I think that's one area in my life where I've seen um, where I try and fill this void is maybe through money, uh, might be through status, uh, so or work, education, um, relationships, social media, shopping. I'm a bit of a guilty one for enjoying shopping, which is probably the bank balance thing. Um, that's related. Um, but I can see I buy a new something new. And I feel like, yes, that's fulfilled me. I feel great in this. Two months later, I haven't worn it for, for a month. There's things that we do in our lives um, or take, take from to help quench that thirst that we have in our lives. And maybe this morning you can relate to one of those that I've spoken about. Maybe there's something else in your life where you're thinking, actually, that's where I feel I'm going to the well to try and feel that thirst that I have, where there's that emptiness. But even when we try and find fulfillment through all these things, there's nothing that compares to the hope that we have in Jesus. And I think Chloe uh, shared that really well earlier. And as we sang, Albin, all the songs that you chose today, I was like, that relates, that relates, that relates. Like, it was great to see so much truth uh, in, in what we were singing and... Um, yeah, that Jesus meets us where we are and he offers us this living water, this eternal life, this relationship with him that isn't just fleeting. It's not just for whilst we're here on earth, but it's, it's forever. And so um, what does this mean for us? Well, it means that as the woman at the well um, knew she needed something more than what she, she had. She needed saving, she needed, needed more, more hope in her life. She knew that she was thirsty and that she knew that she was going to the wrong place to find this hope. 
And why are we thirsty, you might be wondering. Well, if we go back to the beginning of Scripture, we go to Genesis, we see that we were created to be in relationship with God, that he created the Garden of Eden. We were there to be with him. Uh, and that Adam and Eve sinned, and that uh, we fell, uh, we were alienated. We, we fell into bondage of sin and death, and we were alienated from the one who was perfect. But God is bigger than that, and he doesn't want that to, to be our life, and that's why he sent Jesus uh, to us. That's why we celebrate, we have Advent, we have this Christmas fair, because there's a story, there's a hope, there's something bigger that means that we're not separated from him any longer. We can be in relationship with him. And so the woman at the well, she... Um, agreed that he was the Messiah when he said it. So when he said, I am the Messiah, she, she agreed with him. Um, and what does that mean to accept? Well, it means accepting and knowing that upon the cross, he took uh, the judgment that we should receive himself. So he took, uh, he paid the price for us. He is the sacrifice for our sin, for our shortcomings. Um, when we accept this living water for him to be with us, to be living in us, our mind accepts that, our heart embraces it, and the choices that we then make uh, are a reflection of that. And remaining, uh, and thirdly, uh, we see that we, we are thirsty, we accept Jesus and he fulfills that thirst through eternal life and through his spirit and through him dying on the cross for us. But also there's then something else where we can bubble, we can be springs. We are those springs where we can share that, not just for ourselves and keep it and think, oh, I now am in relationship with Jesus. I've got life in him. His spirit lives in me and that's really great and cozy and it fulfills my thirst. But actually, we can go and share that with those who are around us, whether that's our neighbor, someone at the dog park, someone at the shop, our colleagues. We can share that. And I think it's really interesting. We see at the beginning of the story, uh, she is at the well. She is so ashamed to be there. But at the end, she leaves the jar. Like, she's so excited that she's seen Jesus and that she knows that he's the Messiah, she drops her jar. The whole reason why she's gone to the well, the whole reason why she's out there in the middle of the day, she leaves it and she runs to go and tell everyone. And not only does she run to go and tell everyone who Jesus is, she's also saying, he knows everything that I've done. She is proclaiming, I have sinned. Just as Nina said earlier, we all are imperfect. I'm certainly very imperfect but God came and met me where I am Jesus meets me where I am he meets me at my well so that I can be in relationship with him and he can fill me his living water can continuously fill me and that's why I'm here in front of you today it's to share that good news and to share that he is living water that he lived in this woman he lives in me and he can live it in you, uh, if he doesn't already, and that this is something that you can share with those around you. So, 
from that, we are filled with hope. I think, you know, we're looking for this, um, the series is called Stories of Hope. We see that this lady, this woman at the well, is now filled with hope. She, uh, her thirst is quenched. She's left her jar. She's now this vessel. She's bubbling up inside uh, with the, the love of God. She has found her, a friend. She's found comfort. She's found truth in who she is. She has found uh, love in him. If it's okay, I'm going to ask the band to come back up, and then I would like to uh, just pray. If you feel comfortable to do so, I'd invite you to stand uh, with us now. And uh, to just take a moment to close your eyes. I think this story of the woman at the well is such a powerful uh, picture of of God's love for us, for Jesus' love for us, uh, and for seeing that he meets us where we are in life. And no matter who we are, no matter what we've done, no matter where we're finding comfort in, he wants to come and break into our lives and be in relationship with us. And not just that, but for our lives to then reflect that as we accept him into our lives. And so just take a minute to think maybe where are you in the story story that we read today? Do you feel like you're the woman at the well uh, at the beginning where she's there um, surprised that Jesus is talking to her? Are you finding that you're filling that thirst up from something on earth and it isn't actually giving you true satisfaction but you're interested in who who Jesus is and the the satisfaction and the hope that he can give us maybe you have uh, accepted Jesus into your life and you want your your life to be a vessel to be that living uh, water spring for for Jesus just to, to bubble up inside of you and for you to share that with others. Uh, wherever you are in this story, I think it's just so, so good to be reminded that Jesus is here for you and that he wants to meet you exactly where you are. He knows you. He knows where you're at in life at the moment. He knows where you have been. Lord, we thank you for, for your word, for this story today that we have read about the woman at the well. Lord, we thank you for, for Christ, for, for Jesus. We thank you for his birth and what that symbolizes. We thank you for his life where he came to meet us on earth, where he changed the lives of so many around him. And not only did he do that then, he does that today. 
Lord, we thank you so much that that you sent your son to the cross to die for us so that we could have your spirit living in us, that we could have you living in us, being with us wherever we go. And not just now, but eternally. We're so thankful for that, Jesus. And Lord, just meet us where we are. Fill us with the truth about who you are and who we are to you as well. If you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus into your life before, uh, I would say speak to the person that you've come with or do feel free to come and speak to me after the service. Um, yeah, it's, Jesus is here, here for you. He's here, here to meet you and he's here to change your life, to give you hope.